I'm happiest when I'm going through it. That's where I'm most fulfilled. Having that opportunity to dive in, build something from the ground up, concept and put something in the marketplace and grow. Is that much of a, is that, that's not much of a change for you, right? My name is Kerry Kite. I used to load bombs in the Air Force, and now I'm a writer, a filmmaker, and an entrepreneur. Through using the post 9-11 GI Bill to go to college, working hourly jobs to pay the bills, and freelancing my way into a career, I've studied what it takes to successfully transition from service to civilian. And that study has become a conversation. On this podcast, I speak to other veterans, successful artists and entrepreneurs about their transition, what they did well, where they failed, what they learned, and most importantly, how they applied their skills. Episode 76 features Drew Camp, a Georgia National Guardsman and the founder and CEO of the Epic Dad Company, a supplement brand that helps fathers build discipline through fitness. Welcome. This is Veteran Made. All right. Good afternoon, Drew Camp. Welcome to Veteran Made. What's up, Gary? How's it going, man? Thanks for having me on. Of course. I promise for those listening, this will be the, the second and final time I make this joke uh, mainly because it's, it'll be the only time that it's possible to make, which is we're coming to you live from the future or from the past rather, because we are, we are recording this right before, uh, new year's 2023. And this is, uh, episode two of, of 2024. Um, so no better way to get ahead in the new year than to, than to start early. Uh, so appreciate you jumping on over the holiday break, brother. Yeah, man, for sure. Yeah. Uh, cool, man. If you could, just as a primer, um, give the audience a, a, a little bit of a background on on who you are and where and when you have served, because you are still serving technically. And um, and then we'll, I'll jump into some questions from there. Yeah, sounds good, man. So, uh, so Drew Camp, um, I'm the owner of the Epic Dad Company, um, and that's what I'm, I do full time. Actually, by the time you guys listen to this, I'll be doing it full time. So we, I'm sure we can dive into that too. But um, uh, yeah, so after co- so I went to college, uh, played baseball. Uh, and then enlisted in the army uh, right after that. So I enlisted in 2010 as a college E4 um, and, and chose to, to go infantry, 11 Bravo, um, and went down to Benning at Sand Hills, like the worst experience uh, ever. Uh, well, I, I say that it, it's it's the most fun that you never want to have again, you know, it's going through like basic training. So I did that, did OSIT uh, training in 2010, uh, signed up for airborne school and then got selected for 82nd. Uh, so I went to 82nd Fort Brigade 2508, uh, Parachute Infantry Regiment, and uh, was active duty from 2010 until uh, right up against uh, 2014. Um, and uh, yeah, I had an opportunity to train all the time, obviously, with the 82nd. That was, our op tempo was pretty high. Um, and then did one deployment to Afghanistan in 2012. Um, and then I chose to, to get off of active duty uh, after that and go pursue some, some personal stuff. And so went, went just went in the workforce. Um, and then I went back to grad school as well. So went to, uh, University of Georgia to, to get my MBA. Um, but, uh, my initial goal when I joined the military was to become a commission officer. Um, and never really got that opportunity on active duty. Um, like I said, I, I went to college E4, uh, with the hopes of going to OCS at some point during my career. But like I said, just with the op tempo, with the 82nd and deployments and training cycles, just never really got the chance to do it. Um, and so... You know, even though I was I was out for about a couple of years, still had the itch uh, to go accomplish that goal, um, and so chose to to go to OCS in the Georgia Army National Guard. Uh, so I went to, to the accelerated OCS course uh, in the summer of 2017. Um, so it's just eight weeks at Fort McClellan, Alabama, 
uh, just like basic training all over again, uh, but for officers and, and you know, uh, can, can we cuss on this podcast? Is that all right? Absolutely. <laughs> all right. Yeah. Go get your shit kicked in for eight weeks, you know, and just get smoked constantly. Um, not really to learn anything. Uh, you know, just, I, I put it this way, right? Like most of the people there were prior enlisted guys. And uh, there's two routes in the National Guard if you want to become a commissioned officer. There is the traditional route, which is 17 months long, which is you go, at, you know, to basically just go to drill like once a weekend every, every you know, month. Um, and that just did not sound like a fun option to me to go for a weekend and then have to think about it all month, you know, like going back. So, so that's one route or there's the accelerator route, which is eight weeks. And I put it this way, like getting your bar, at least in the state of Georgia, it feels like it's a fraternity fraternity and, uh, OCS is like rush week basically. Um, so, you know, so did that whole thing, um, commissioned in 2017, uh, branched MI, so military intelligence. And uh, yeah, I've been doing that ever since. Uh, I'm still in the Georgia Guard uh, right now, doing uh, company command time. Awesome. That's uh, bizarre to me that that Route One even even exists. Like the whole the whole Guard Reserve thing is very is very odd to me. Anyway, not odd in a bad way, but just like I don't understand it. I'm ignorant of it. Uh, the, but the idea of going through like a, a basic style training monthly for that long it's just it just doesn't seem yeah right. i mean it's brutal it, it's brutal man I mean, they have to have it right because on the guard side it, you're not full-time right um so most everybody has a career right so it's very hard to take eight weeks out of the summer you know to go to a course for yeah. a lot of people um so they have that traditional option as, as the one most people go through um but uh, i had the opportunity to go to accelerated um, i chose to go traditional because i was in grad school at the time uh, and I went to like their first like preparatory drill <laughs> and I was like, dude, this is, uh, this is not gonna be fun for 17 months. I, I'll just finish grad school and then, and then go the accelerator route. It's like a bandaid, man. Just rip it off. I think there's probably a handful of different tracks we could go down uh, on a few of those things that you said, which would be cool, but I do want to spend the majority of, of this episode and I'm sure we'll, we'll do this again. Um, I want to spend the majority of this episode talking about taking, you know, the Epic Dad Company live full time. And I'd, I'd love to chat through how it started, um, how it's been going, and then we'll obviously get into where it's at now and, and, the, and you moving into it full time. But I think especially for our audience and our community, there's a, uh, a lot of people who have different ideas uh, in terms of entrepreneurial pursuits, and you're covering the gamut of options there started as a, as a, as a passion and an interest kind of morphed into a side hustle, then grew to a spot and, and you grew to a spot where you're interested in taking it full time. And so that entire life cycle, I think will be very beneficial for us to break down. Um, and I'd love to just do it in chunks. So if we could start with where'd you get the idea, mm-hmm. where did the idea come to you and, and why did you start it? Yeah. So I think like to give it like the proper context, um, I'll have to go like way back. Right. So w- once I left the military and started working full time, um, I worked for a company called Deloitte consulting for a few years. Um, it was a great, a great company to work for. It's a great place to kind of like, you know, uh, platform to, to boost your career. Um, you know, but, uh, it's, it's a lot of travel. It's a ton of work, you know, 15, 16 hour days, uh, presenting to clients and stuff like that. And like, you learn a ton, but er- pretty early on, like, like just working in the corporate space, uh, I knew that that was not for me long term, um, and uh, didn't know I had no idea what to do though. Right, like I, I didn't grow up very entrepreneurial, 
just, uh, you know, was kind of always taught and preached like, Hey, you go to school, you get a good degree, you get a good job, you work yourself up the ladder. And that's kind of what life is. Um, and, uh, like I said, it just didn't feel like that was a good fit for me. Um, and so I did a lot of kind of personal development and professional development on my own, just learning about, Hey, how do you like start a business or what different types of businesses are there? You know? So it was, it was basically my commute from, um, Northeast of Atlanta, all the way down to Atlanta, uh, every day in the car for, you know, an hour and a half, both ways, each way. So that's like three hours of just like listening to podcasts, right. Of just like trying to figure out this, this whole entrepreneurship thing. Um, and that, that happened for a long time, man, probably a year and a half, two years of just kind of like learning, you know, what are some different things I can do. Um, and then I finally, you know, bellied up to the bar and started a company in, in 2016. Um, so that was my first business. Um, and it was, uh, it was a physical products company in the hiking space. Um, so I, 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 for whatever reason, I just, I'm really drawn to physical products of like having a concept in your brain, uh, having it not exist in the world. And then, you know, through your action, right. All of a sudden there's a product in somebody's hand that they can hold and get utility out of is just like the coolest thing in the world to me. Right. It's like that, you go through that creative process. So I've always been really in love and passionate with, with products. Um, so I launched our first company, um, uh, in 2016 in the hiking space and came out with a couple of products. Um, I think we launched our first one in like 2017. Um, it was uh, actually a dog leash, uh, like a hiking dog leash. Um, and, and this was really just kind of like a learning business for me. It was like, Hey, let me learn the ropes, figure out how one, how do I contact a manufacturer? Two, like, how do I, you know, talk to them about product? How do I make tweaks? How do we actually manufacture? What does the inspection process look like? All that stuff. So, that, um, yeah. Is that what your ambition for it was? Was like, hey, I'm not going to scale this company. I'm just going to make a couple of things and learn how this works before moving on to the next. I think, I think hindsight's 2020. Um, you know, so I think at the time was thinking, hey, man, this is the best thing since sliced bread. I'm going to be a billionaire, you know, um, going into this, right? And, and looking back, that was obviously not the case. Um, there, there's going to be a ton of lessons learned along the way. Um, because once you get started in business, you have no idea what you're doing. Um, and the best way to do it is just to go out and get the experience. Right. And so that's what I did. I basically said, Hey, I'm going to figure this out as we go. Um, so, so, you know, looking at it forward was, was not thinking, Hey, this is just a, you know, kind of side hustle. I'll learn, wanted to grow an actual, you know, legitimate business. Um, but there's just so many things that, that you're going to learn along the way, um, that you, that you may not set the right foundation from the beginning, but the best way to get that experience is to just to press the go button, you know? Yeah. I, I mean, yes. I mean, it, it is, you, you're going to make mistakes. I was talking to an, another person in our, in our community the other day who is on the fence about starting a podcast. Mm-hmm. Uh, and I was like, start the podcast. Yeah, yes, man. Do it yeah. Because those conversations, like everything you're going to do initially is going to be really bad. I look back at my first 20 episodes and God bless those people who came on and had those conversations with me because they were so bad and and they're probably not right. Like I'm sure people go back and listen and I even see a couple of those still get listens just because of people are interested in this bit, whatever. But like you're going to be bad at the yep. thing that you try anyway. You may as well get that out of the way as early as possible and attack it with with that growth, like I hate to use kind of cliched terms, but with that growth mindset, that idea of knowing that you're not going to be that good at it, knowing that those lessons are going to be valuable 
and yet you still need to bring with it the intention of it being as great as it possibly can. You still have to get excited about it as if it's great, knowing that it's going to be bad, knowing that you're going to be bad and that you'll eventually catch up and you're stumbling your way towards whatever whatever your um, end state ends up being. Yeah, and I, like so many guys just sit on the sideline, right? And, and I was guilty of this too for, like I said, for a couple of years before I jumped in and said, hey, let, let's, let's go. Uh, just, you know, analysis by paralysis, right? Is, hey, is this the perfect business idea? What are all the little, you know, future problems that that could pop up that aren't real problems right now. And so, you know, kind of building that business was really like just in time learning is what I call it, right? Is like, hey, you know, uh, I don't need to know how to scale Facebook ads right now because I'm not there. I'm not going to worry about it. When I'm there, I'll learn how to do it, right? Um, yeah. So yeah, 20, 2017, we launched our first product. Um, you know, scaled it to, I don't know, I want to say about like 10,000 a month or so. Um, so not, not a huge business, but you know, some initial success on it. Um, and, uh, curiosity on that. What do what now? If top line uh, margin, top. I want to, man, you're testing me here. I want to say, uh, gross was around like 65% or so. Um, and then net, you know, probably around like 20 or something like that. Yeah, cool. Um, so, you know, enough we could like invest back in inventory and, and things like that, but not real, really enough margin for marketing spend. Yep. Um, but uh, yeah, so started growing social platform, um, you know, on Instagram, Facebook, et cetera. Um, and then, you know, uh, grew that product and then decided to launch another product. And then that one scaled even faster than the other one, um, even a higher run rate. And uh, things seemed like it was going pretty well. So this led us up to like right around when COVID happened. Um, and so I was manufacturing exclusively in China at this time. Um, and when COVID happened, I mean, it just threw a huge wrench in the cash flow of the business and supply chain of the business. Um, and so all of a sudden I, you know, I stock out of everything. I've got, you know, products just sitting in China that I can't get, um, you know, because it just broke down the supply chain. And then our main platform that we sold on almost exclusively on was amazon.com. Um, so we were trying to really figure out that, that platform. Um, and so even when, you know, Amazon, I, I could get the product, I wasn't able to send it into Amazon, um, because Amazon was prioritizing, if you'll remember things like hand sanitizer, um, you know, soap and antibacterial and things like that. Right. So now here I am, I'm sitting on this mound of inventory, but I don't know who my customers are, which was the biggest lesson learned, uh, from the previous business was, I was looking at it from a platform platform perspective of let me figure out you know Amazon, um, but those are Amazon's customers; they're not my customers, right? So when people bought, I had no buyer data, you know, I had no way to really know uh, what problems we were actually solving, and so that was one of the key uh, learning points for me in the first business was you need to know foundationally who you're serving, right, and what their problems are, and get to know them intimately. Um, and so ultimately, uh, we, we ended up selling through our inventory, but I had a big decision to make um, once I came to that realization of like, I don't even know who my customer really is. Um, and the decision was, hey, do I try to force this and really like create a brand? Um, or, you know, do I shut the business down, uh, take the profits and really just use this as a learning opportunity to launch the next thing? Um, so the second option is, is, is what I did. Um, so I shut the business down, had a little bit of cash in the bank. Um, and really just took about like, honestly, probably almost close to a year. Like I knew I was going to do something else, um, in the product space. Uh, but really just took a, about a year just to think strategically about like, Hey, who is it ultimately that I want to serve? Um, what am I passionate about? How can I blend those things? Um, and two answers kept coming back to me. 
Uh, one was I'm extremely passionate about fatherhood, right? So at this time, I had two two children, um, and two two daughters, and you know they are my purpose, honestly, like for being in existence is my kids. And so I thought, okay, cool. I want to serve fathers. Like that's number one. Um, and when I started to look at the problems that the dads are having, um, you know, really around like lack of purpose, lack of direction, lack of leadership, um, you know, step one to fix that is to start working on yourself. And the first step of that is to start working on your physical fitness. Um, because, you know, Beige Rose Coolian says it, the, you know, the best that I've ever heard is that physical fitness is the gateway drug to personal excellence. And so if you start to work on yourself, you have the discipline to actually get in shape, then that's going to translate across every other area of life, including fatherhood. And so those are the two things that came back to me was I want to help fathers and I want to help them get fit uh, because ultimately that's going to help lead to, you know, better fathers, create a generational impact, which is ultimately what led to the decision to start the Epic Dad Company. I'm sure there's a lot to unpack there. Yeah, no doubt. A couple of things I want to go back to. Um, so uh, a lot of people think they want to be entrepreneurs and then have to go engage in uh, the actual entrepreneurial pursuits and, and have to do the things, uh, you know, that uh, all these things, right? Like you have to do a bunch of things you're not qualified to do, right? You're, you're, you're not a marketer. You're not a salesperson. Uh, you're not a CFO. You're not an accountant. You're not all these things. And yet you find yourself, you're not a, you're not a product designer. Uh, you know, you've never led a team that's built a product. You've never done any of these things, but here you are, you find yourself doing it. What, what do you think about it? What do you think about that first business? Had you excited to really press pause and decide how you wanted to do that again? Because a lot of people would have the experience that you had and there's a range of options, right? Hey, that was cool. I made a little bit of money. I you know, had some experiences. I learned some things about, about myself and the supply chain, all these things that are interesting. I'm gonna take this money. I'm gonna go back to my day job. And I'm going to keep pursuing excellence that way. Or people are like, dude, fuck that. I'm never doing that again. That was terrible. Or the third option, which is, all right, that was hard. What can I learn? How can I do it better? What made you choose that third path? Yeah. And kind of going back to, you know, being in corporate America, right? And like me, I felt like I was a, you know, round peg trying to go in like a square hole. Um, And I just know that's like not the end path for me. Um, and so like throughout all this time, I'm, I'm still working full time. Um, so I, ra- I ran a business on the side, right. That, you know, we did a hundred thousand plus a year, um, in, in revenue. Um, you know, we had all type of stuff that I was running. Like you said, I was the CFO, I was the marketer, I was the email guy, I was the copywriter, I was the product guy, I was supply chain guy. And like, that's all happening. Like, while I'm still working a day job. And so for me, it like at my core, I, I am most fulfilled when I'm creating. Um, and so, you know, knowing like that about myself was like, I, it's just not an option for me. Like I, I've got to do something else. Um, and seeing the mistakes that I made in the first business to your point, like really got me excited because I saw, Hey, there's a lot of things that I can do foundationally with the next business. that are going to set me up for a lot more success, uh, foundationally knowing like who it is I'm serving and, and what their problems are. What do you think about it? You personally though, what, what, what do you think about your mindset and your heart set that said, yeah, yeah, no, I, I want to go do those things. Like, what, what do you think about it? What about you? Um, I think I'm happiest when I'm going through it, to be honest with you. Um, so anytime that I have like set a goal and I've accomplished that goal, um, it feels great for about like five minutes. Right. And then I'm like, cool. What's the next goal? You know? So, and then it's just taking a lot of introspective work to, to understand that like I enjoy the, the process and enjoy like the building part of it. 
um, to, to know that like, that's where I'm most fulfilled. Right. And so having that opportunity to be like, cool, let's dive in, let's build something from the ground up. was just like extremely exciting to me. You like the tinkering and the failing and the figuring out. I do. Yep. Mm. I think, uh, hopefully we'll talk about it, you know, here soon, I'm sure. But hopefully once I, you know, Tedco is a $10 million business. So if I can, you know, what I would love to do is like help brands, you know, people that just have an idea, right. Like help them take that to concept and really put something up in the marketplace and grow. At least you've pared down your own expectations. You no longer want to be a billionaire. You just want to be a, a you know, a, a multimillionaire. That's, <laughs> yeah, that's, that's right. Man. That's, that's yeah. Realistic that's expectations, part, you know? Um, so what did you start with? What did you, what did you launch? So you knew what your mission was. You knew who you wanted to serve, which by the way, I think it's very cool. It's very entrepreneurial. Uh, it's, it's kind of meta, right? Because all entrepreneurs start with solving a problem for themselves first and then seeing mm-hmm. if they can scale it. And so for you realizing, well, I want to, I want to serve dads and help them solve one thing about themselves so that they can scale it. Like it's kind of meta in a cool way. So once you had that idea of, of who you wanted to serve and how you wanted to serve them, how did you decide what you were going to make? And, and yeah, yeah. So, um, the initial concept for supplements, uh, was honestly a little bit late. So, um, I, to get started was, was pretty easy, right? I made an Instagram page and I made a Facebook group. Um, nothing about products, just, Hey, how can I serve dads? Right. Give them resources, give them tips, give them tricks, ask questions, ask polls. Um, you know, and, and the thing that kept popping up was around fitness, right. Of like, Hey, losing the dad bod, I want to get fit. And so, you know, there, there's a, a myriad of ways that we could have gone with that. Right. I mean, we could have just done, Hey, here's workout programs and, and try to set something up there. Or we could have gone to, Hey, here's some gym equipment. Right. Um, but knowing from the first business, uh, you know, continuity is incredible. Right. And, and subscription is incredible. Um, that's just continuing revenue. Right. And so, um, you know, with the first business, it was, Hey, I would sell you one, one piece of hiking gear and like, maybe you need another one, like four years down the road. Um, with supplements, obviously that's something month over month we can have recurring revenue on. And so that was very appealing to me was to say, okay, let's just take a look at the supplement space. Um, and to your point earlier, right? Like no one qualified me to like understand supplements, right? Like when I decided that we were going to do supplements, I have no freaking idea. Um, like I've been taking, you know, just whatever's on the shelf at Walmart, you know, for, for years. So like I had no idea. Right. But I was like, Hey, cool. Let me deep dive and see what's going on in the supplement space. Um, and so that, that was kind of the concept of like, Hey, dads need to get into shape. And as I started to look into supplements, um, it's very apparent that most of this stuff in the market is craft, to be honest with you. Um, you know, it's full of artificial ingredients, artificial sweeteners, colors, um, you know, non-clinical doses, it's non-transparent, it's proprietary blends. Um, it's stuff that like, as we age as dads, we probably don't need to be putting into our bodies. Um, and so, you know, that kind of led us down the path of like, okay, cool. If we want to be a supplement company, we need to stand out that we are for dads. And there's a couple different ways we can do that. Like one is obviously our, our branding, our marketing, our messaging is all around the dad space. But then two, very practically, we need to come up with some differentiation factor, differentiating factor. And for us, that is we want to be 100% transparent and we want to be 100% um, uh, natural uh, as well. So natural ingredients. And so um, that, that's kind of like what, you know, how we decided what to, I guess, what our like brand values were going to be around the supplements we create. Um, and then, you know, just kind of started thinking logically, right? Like, hey, if I'm a dad... I look in the mirror, I don't see what I like. I know I'm not leading my family the way that I should and I want to make a change. Like what's the first thing they need to do? Like they need to get their butt up and go to the gym. 
Um, but what's the biggest problem with that? Like most of them are lack of discipline, lack of motivation. Um, you know, I set my alarm, I can't get up, um, you know, can't get myself to the gym. So how do we solve that problem? Uh, from a supplement perspective, we solve that by creating probably like the best pre-workout on the market, right? That's going to help solve that problem. And so with that, that's what we've got right now in the market is we've got a pre-workout um, that took us a long time to develop. That I'm sure we'll talk about. Uh, but that's in the market. It's doing really well. Um, and along with that is a lot of content, a lot of help, a lot of workout programs to help solve that problem of like, I just can't get to the gym, right? Was there in, in your mind like a direct, and this might be ignorant for me to say, but as you were talking, I'm like, oh yeah, that actually makes a ton of sense. You can use a product to solve the motivation problem. You can't use a product, a physical product, a supplement product to solve the discipline problem. Mm -hmm. But you can for the motivation problem, if you take pre-workout, yeah, bro, you're gonna want to work out. Thirty minutes, <laughs> you gotta do something. You gotta move yeah. your body. Like, was that, yeah, was that, that's what I was. Yeah, about. yeah, for sure. So, so we call it. Um, I, I well, I call it uh, the, our my discipline fuel, mm. right? Is because I know if if I get up in the morning, even though I don't want to, like you know, I don't want to get up. My alarm goes off. I know if I take my pre workout then like, I'm going to go do something like you said, right? Like I'm going to have the energy. I need to burn that off in some, some fashion. Um, and so, yeah, I mean, that, that was, that was part of it. Right. I think we want to solve the ultimate problem of dads, just, just being more disciplined to get in the gym. Um, but to help with that, right. We, we have to go pre-workout. Yeah. And it's, and it's back to your, to your meta ad, uh, your Facebook ad analogy, right? Like if, if you know that you want to get in better shape, but the thing that is most difficult for you when you wake up in the morning is thinking about actually going to the gym and actually being in the gym or going out to your shed or whatever, like actually moving that weight. Well, bring your first goal a little closer than that end state. Exactly. Doing those hard things. You know, I've heard, I've heard the thing, well, all you got to do is put your feet on the floor. In this case, all you got to do is put your feet on the floor and pour a scoop and, and shake it and drink it. That's yep. a lot easier to manage in the upfront than actually thinking about, oh, shit, today's chest day, man. I got to like, yeah. Yeah. No, that, that's what we do, man. Yeah. It's like, you know, so in our, in our kind of onboarding, right. If you buy a pre-workout from our website, like we've got a customer journey built out, like to help you get, you know, quick wins. Right. And it's like, Hey, if you're a dad that hasn't worked out in a year, like it's going to be very unreasonable for us to think that like, cool, you bought a pre-workout. Like you said, now you're like going and hitting chest day and doing like deadlifts and all that stuff. Like, no man, like let's just get you out of bed and let's get you moving. Right. And so that's kind of our customer onboarding. It's like, cool. Hey, we got your pre-workout. Like, Hey, you know, what is, what is one thing you do right before you go to sleep? It's like, well, I brush my teeth. Okay, great. Awesome. Hey, let's set your bottle of pre-workout right, right by your toothbrush. Right. And so that way, you know, when you go to bed at night, like you see that pre-workout, it's going to be a reminder to you that I'm going to get up in the morning. Right. And then cool. Let's go ahead and set your, your glass of water, like right next to your pre-workout. So when you wake up, you go pee, you got your pre-workout, you've got your glass of water right there. Right. So it's, it's basically trying to like create those small kind of like habit stacks, right? Of like, what's going to drive ultimate success. Yeah, absolutely. Who do, so do you write the workout programs as well? Like how, how much of this is you and how much of this is, is a team? Yes. This is all me right now. Um, so I, I've had like various like VAs, um, probably the past six months have been testing some stuff that mostly for the podcast. Um, and I, then we can talk offline, get your, <laughs> get your advice on that. Um, but no, that, that's, it's, it's been all me for the most part, um, outside of, you know, editing podcasts and making reels and stuff like that. Yeah. Um, and how big was the community from your Instagram and from the Facebook group before you launched pre? 
uh, maybe like 1500 followers or something on Instagram. So pretty small. Um, and then we had a Facebook group of probably like two, 300 ads, I think. Okay. Um, so, so you know, it was enough juice to like get us out the door, you know? Yeah. Not nothing, but it's not like you were growing this from an existing community that was kind of, so this was, this was all, you know, like you, you, you were growing this from, from nothing when you started selling this product. So how did you, what did you learn from your previous venture with the dog leash to developing this product uh, and, and launching it from a product standpoint? We'll talk about uh, that. Yeah. From a product yeah. Standpoint. From a product standpoint, um, I think, you know, quality, right? Quality takes time. Um, and so with the other brand, I, I mean, I'll be honest with you, we were kind of like a me too, you know, brand. Um, you know, we would just get something that was manufactured in China. We kind of put our spin on it, make it a little bit better. Um, but it wasn't really anything like innovative. Right. Um, and so with this, you know, with, with us wanting to be the brand for dads and like our standard is, is quality, right. We want to make sure that we are the highest quality make sure we're transparent and natural. Uh, that takes time. Um, you know, and so our, our process to bring the pre-workout to market initially probably took six months or so, um, of just back and forth development. Um, and so if you go on our Instagram page, there's one of the little like real highlight circles that just says like our, our story or background or something like that. Um, but you can click through it and you can literally see the entire like product development cycle, um, for our, our MVP product we launched. And so it was literally me just like trying pre-workouts at my house, like different ones for like three months, just seeing what I liked, what I didn't like, um, asking our audience what they like, what they don't like. Um, and then ordering bulk supplements and just like mixing stuff like a chemist in my kitchen you know, for, for, for two, three months, just like getting the formulation down. Right. And then now, now we were like, cool, we have the formulation we want, but it tastes terrible. You there? Can you hear me? I just checked mine if you can. Weird. Sorry, brother. I don't know what happened right there. All good. Uh, yeah, I checked my internet. It should be all good. Now it's got this other track, but it's all good. It, it'll all come together. No worries. Okay. Um, are we, we recording still? We okay. Are. Cool. I'll just kind of start, start from where I left off. Um, yeah. Yeah. So it was basically me like mixing bulk ingredients in my kitchen, like a freaking science chemist um, for a couple months just to get the formulation right. Um, just to really measure like the, the proper effect that we want to have. Um, and then so once we had that, now it's time to actually go to a manufacturer. And so thankfully I'd had some experience in the past business of, you know, what does it look like to have negotiations with manufacturers, the sampling process, stuff like that. Um, so went to probably five or six manufacturers just to have samples made. Um, and want to make sure it was local as well, just so I can be, you know, I can actually go get a tour of the facility. Um, we can test product and do flavor profiles that way. And so that took another, you know, probably three months or so to, to really get the flavor dialed in. Um, and then that led us to like, okay, cool. We actually have something we want to go to market with. Um, but even with that, man, it was, it was just our MVP product. So our minimal, minimum viable product. Um, so we launched it to a very small, you know, community. Like I said, about 1500 followers, 300 in a Facebook group or so. Um, and probably I think our, our first 
order was around 500 units, like five to 600 units. And probably half of that was just me sending it to people for free. Um, of like, Hey, I want you to try this, you know, and then like other dad influencers and fitness guys just to kind of get on the radar. Right. And so, um, didn't hardly make any money with that first inventory run, uh, but got a ton of great feedback. One about like our mission to help dads. Um, but then two, just about like the actual formulation and taste and stuff like that too. So once we got all that feedback, we actually went back to the drawing board, um, reformulated a little bit, made the flavor a thousand times better, made the consistency a thousand times better. Uh, partner with a new manufacturer. Um, and then finally went to market with like, I would say like the start of our business, like we've got product in the marketplace was March of this year. So, I mean, long timeline, right. To like initial concept to MVP, to feedback, to tweaks and adjustments to actual launch was probably 14 months, I would say. Um, so, you know, and th that's just because like our commitment to quality, right. Like it, it could have been very easy for us to be like, cool. We just want to be the white label, you know, supplement product, whatever. I'll take whatever ingredients are in pre-workout, slap our label on it. And, and we've got product in the marketplace in, in, you know, a month. Um, but we were very intentional about the way we want to go about it and, and what our development process looks like. Why was that so important to you? Um, you know, to, to the point earlier, right. Of like, now that we're dads and we're getting a little bit older, like we need to be very, very intentional about what we're putting into our bodies. Um, and like I said, if you just flip the back of a, you know, ingredient label or flip, flip the back of your food, to be honest with you, like a packaged food, it's like, look at the ingredients are in there. Like, dude, it is terrible for you. Um, you know, and so I, I've kind of gone on this health journey as well, you know, since I became a dad of like, you know, that, that journey that we're taking people on right now is like, that was my journey, right. Of like, I need to be more intentional about my health, more intentional about my fitness, more intentional about what's going into my body, what I'm consuming. Um, so that's, that's why it's so important, man, because ultimately like you are the leader of the home. Uh, and if your health is declining, uh, you can't lead effectively. So you need to make sure you're putting the right stuff in your body. Yeah. And it's also, it's, it's also the example thing, right? Mm -hmm. It's like, I mean, if I've, I've had this, you know, I've, I've you know, been on my version of this journey as well as a dad, my daughter's almost should be about, about four by the time this episode goes live a couple weeks away from being four. And like, I never understood and how could I, right? Cause I didn't have the experience. I was ignorant. I didn't, I never understood like, you know, when parents would say, uh, you know, that being, being a parent, being a dad or being a mom is the most important thing in, in the world to me. Um, and it's changed my life. Like I never understood what that meant. Now I do understand what that means and everything you do, it's not just, Hey, their eyes are always watching and their ears are always listening. So you better be careful and say and do the right thing, you know, quote unquote. It's like, no, you are a living example yep. of, of how to live, not how to live the perfect way, obviously, mm -hmm. how to live your own way. And there are, there are, there are, uh, uh, you know, things that, that your children can, can and will take and tweak and do their version of when they, as they grow and when they become adults and become parents of their own. But this idea of like, man, no, actually everything I do. Like I, I need to be as consistent as I possibly can for this child, for these children, uh, because, you know, otherwise what, what, what kind of foundation am I standing on here? Mm -hmm. Yeah. I mean that, that, you know, like I started, so I started Tedco when I had two daughters, um, I didn't have my son yet, but I would say we've gone through, uh, you know, pretty massive evolution, I think with a business since I, I had a son. Um, and that was a very pivotal moment for me because, 
you know, now all of a sudden I've got this son that is going to grow up to be like exactly like me. Right. And so, you know, like to your point, right. If, if I'm not the living, breathing example of the type of man that I wanted to become, then like, I need to make some, some changes, you know? And so, um, it's been, it's been a very fun business, a very humbling business because, you know, we talk about being this great dad and I'm like, you know, well, I've got to be doing this too. Right. If I'm, uh, I, I gotta be the example, not only like for my family. Right. But also for our audience, we've accumulated, um, you know, we've got a, a podcast out that, that folks listen to on a regular basis. And so like, whether I've wanted to or not, like I've become the face of the brand. Um, and you know, that comes with a responsibility of like, I, I need to walk the walk and not just talk the talk. And so it's been a very humbling experience in that, in that light too. Yeah, I, I had a I had a significant paradigm shift. The, the episode that's live this week, as of the recording, the final episode of, of last year, um, Halty and I were talking about uh, this this terrible movie, Ten Thousand BC, that um, that came out years and years ago. I, I watched it on, on my first deployment, I think, second deployment, first deployment, um, and and I, I had this like this. In order to be the best father that you can be, you have to be the best husband that you can be. In order to be the best husband you can be, you have to be the best version of yourself that you can be. And I remember, you know, growing up being taught humility and being taught service and being taught, you know, all, all of these things where like, you don't want to be self-centered. You don't want to be selfish. You want to make sure that you're serving others. Well, as I grew into an adult and then as I became a husband and then as I became a father and as I am ongoing, becoming those things at all times, every second of every day, I realized that it's, it's not selfish and it's not self-centered to, to work on yourself and ensure that you are the strongest, best, most elite version of you so that you can serve your spouse and so that you can then serve your children and then you can do that together. And it, it, obviously it grows out and there's, there's wrinkles and nuances. Each family is different, but that was a huge paradigm shift for me. And it's one that I still honestly think through often to make sure that obviously that's something you can idolize, right? Like you can look at yourself and say, well, I've got to do this. I can't miss this workout today because I've got to do this this way. So I can be the best version of myself for you. It's like, well, no, that. That would be a bad way to do it. But but like everything, there's there's gray. But that idea of being the best version of you in order to then serve the way that you believe that you want to and the way that you want to take action in doing, um, there's a huge, huge paradigm shift for me. And it like continues to be every, every day. Yeah. I mean, and honestly, it's selfish not to, you know? Um, and like we, we have this percentage that we send out in like a lot of our emails that like most dads want to spend a hundred percent of their time with their family, but like they're only present like 60% of the time. Yeah. And when I say present, it's like they may be there. Right. But they're, they're not engaged. They're not listening. Uh, they're busy on their phones or, or doing something else, right. Their mind is somewhere else. And yeah. so like, we want to switch that is, you know, you're not always going to be there for your family. Right. Because ultimately we're men, we're fathers, we're leaders. We need to be going out and conquering things. Like, I think we need to do that. Um, so you're not always going to be there, right? You may be only be there 60% of the time, but the time that you are there, you should be there 100%, right? 100% present. Um, and so, you know, yeah, that, that, that's exactly right is, hey, if we're not taking care of ourselves, like we are being selfish in that in that way because we're not showing up as our best selves. Yeah, yeah. And, and like everything else, it's, it's, it's the integration of the what, the how, and the why. It's not focusing just on the why. It's mm -hmm. not focusing just on the how. And it's not focusing just on the what. It's in, it's integrating all three of those things so that you can kind of, you know, move forward. Um, how were you thinking about time as you were, as you were building this, uh, you know, as a side hustle, you're still working full time, you're in the guard. Um, how were you thinking about how long this was going to take 
and what steps you were going to engage in at what clip you were going to engage in those steps. It doesn't sound to me like you had a ton of ambition to do this too quickly, um, which obviously is, is working for you um, and working well. Um, but at that time, at that moment, those moments, those 14 to 18 months, how were you thinking about it and how were you tackling each thing? Yeah, I think it was just thinking about setting the, the, the solid foundation because we probably grew too fast with the other business um, and didn't have that foundation. And like we saw what happened, right? There's a bump in the road and, you know, it just crushed us because we, we didn't have that foundation. And so with this one, yeah, man, I, I want to be slow with it. I want to grow the right way and have a solid foundation. And I feel like we're, we're to that point now where we can start taking aggressive action. But like, if we would have taken aggressive action prior, like, you know, yeah, we may get some sales or whatever, but like, it's going to fall back off because we don't have that foundation. So it's been a slow build. Like I'm, I'm looking at right now, I, I wrote this vision for the company. Um, let me look at the date on this. When did, when did I write it? In uh, July of, of 22. So I, this, so this is when I like wrote the actual vision for the company. Um, and uh, it's got a three-year time horizon on it. So it's looking out in 2025 where I want the business to be. Um, and so that's kind of how I've looked at it. It's like, hey, you know, um, let, let's kind of take it three years at a time or so and, and build it up to that. Um, but ultimately, this is a, a, a longer-term play for me because you, know, you see brands a lot of the time, like I said, they'll, they'll come out hot fast, but then they'll fizzle out just because they don't have that foundation. And so... Like I said, it's been it's been a very intentional effort to be a lot more long term thinking and more strategic, because I think we can probably over, well, excuse me, we we yeah we overestimate what we can get done, you know, in about a year, but we probably underestimate what we can get done in five years. So, like the business in twenty twenty seven, five years from us like actually you know saying we've launched the business, um, I, I'm, I expect to look back and expect that wow we've had massive growth, you know, but it was a slow climb, right? And so it's kind of that that graph of like, you know, not really going up, not really going up. And then all of a sudden you start hockey sticking. Right. But if you hockey stick too early, you know, you have too many mistakes, not a solid foundation. You can, you can fall off pretty quick. Yeah. My, my brother always says, uh, urgent in your days, patient in your years, mm -hmm. understanding that, that the, the time horizon that you're operating on, um, is going to have different metrics for, for different measurements, right? Like you, mm -hmm. you need to work urgently daily, but you need to be patient annually because yeah, aggressive, to, aggressive patience, you know? Yeah, exactly. Yeah, exactly. Patiently agree. Yeah, exactly. However, however you want to say it. Yeah. I mean, I, I, I had that struggle early in my career coming out of, and I, I think especially military veterans, you know, those that have separated or retired coming out want to do something. It's very, it's very easy to say, well, I have all these experiences. I have this foundation. So I'm actually, that's going to set me up for success to move faster than other entrepreneurs or other, you know, insert whatever it is that, that, that you want to be. Um, and it's just not the case. I mean, I, mm -hmm. I struggled with that early in my career. I, I, I had a couple of those opportunities where I, I got to secure a role, you know, on set or within an organization uh, that, that I thought was the peak, was the pinnacle. Um, and then it, I lost more opportunities like that because I wasn't focused on everything that I needed to be doing along the way, the journey to get to where I, I wanted to be and where I wanted to be was not an end state where I wanted to be was where I am now, which is more opportunities to keep working, keep growing, keep doing, keep learning, keep, um, you know, accomplishing different things that I don't even know is going to be an accomplishment I want to have in X years because I don't, I'm ignorant to that thing right now, but I have that more solid foundation of the last decade plus of, of working. Mm -hmm. yeah. 
Yeah, and I think like you know transitioning out of the military, going to entrepreneurship. I think you you do have a, lo- a leg up in some sense, and you've got a, a leg down in some sense too. Um, you know, and a leg up is, is it's freaking tough, right? Like like starting a business, running a business, it is hard. It's very difficult. It is wrought with failure along the way um, of just failing over and over and over. Um, but you know, I think where you have a leg up is like you've been through some tough stuff before, right? And you've got the discipline, you've got the grit to to work through it. I think where you have a leg down potentially is business does not operate the same way that the military does. Um, and so you're going to have to learn a whole new set of skill sets, a whole new set of, you know, um, things you can bring to the table that really the only way to get it is experience. Um, you know, like, like going back to our, our first part of the conversation is like, you can listen to all the podcasts you want to, you know, you can go through every course you want to, but like, until you get in the arena and actually start executing, like you're just not going to have that experience, that skill set, and so you've just got to get in the game. Yeah. Uh, when you were writing that that initial three year sprint for yourself, is this the timeline you had in mind to go full time? Yes. Um, yeah. So I had a goal to go full time January first, two thousand twenty four. Um, so have made it happen. Um, uh, we're we're pretty much on pace with where I wanted it to be. We're probably a little bit behind as far as products. Um, I think run rate for our first product is, is about in line where we want to be. Um, but I'll just kind of give you like behind the scenes access. So there, there's three pillars to the, the company. So there's supplements, there's community and coaching, and then there's apparel. It's kind of how I've broken out the business. Um, and so we're, you know, we're, we're pretty far along in the first two pillars. So our supplement business is going strong, it's growing, um, and we've got new products coming out. Um, so we've got our, our post uh, workout, which is a bone broth protein coming out, um, in January. Um, so it probably won't be live by the time you hear the recording, but probably late January, we'll, we'll have it launched. Um, so we're marching down the path there. Um, and then for community and coaching has been a big focus probably the past two months or so, um, of really growing the community. Um, because at the end of the day, like our mission is to create more Epic dads and like, we can't do that in a silo. Um, and so the more dads we can impact, the more dads we can like pour into, not just from a supplement perspective, like that's great. But like, even if you never buy our products, it's like, we still want to help. Right. And so we've been pouring into a community that we have called the Epic Dad Crew. Um, we just launched our, our first coaching program about a month ago, maybe a month and a half ago or so. And that's starting to grow. Um, and then in 24, probably second half, um, we'll, we'll take a shot at some apparel stuff. Cause I think that's a big market that we can play in that we just haven't really given it any focus at all. Um, so, you know, it, for high, per, and I'm not gonna call myself a high performer, but like for people that want to go out and make stuff happen, it's very easy for us to feel like we're not getting anything done, you know, um, and feel like we're behind the curve all the time. So like that was part of the intent of writing the vision too, was to be able to like every now and then go back, reflect, look at like what we've actually accomplished in the business, you know, and it's a lot. Like it's, if you go back and look at from July 22 to where we are at right now, I mean, it's leaves and bounds, you know, that we've, we've accomplished. And so like, we're, we're on the right path. I wish we would grow faster. I always want to grow faster. Um, you know, but I feel like we're right on track. How do you feel personally a few days away from making this, making this jump? Um, you know, excited, definitely. Um, nervous for sure. Cause I've had a steady paycheck, you know, for, uh, as long as I can remember. Um, you know, but I think I'm at the point now where, when I look at this business, the opportunity cost of not going 
in this full time is much greater than if I were to just keep it a side hustle. And so like I've taken a, a fairly significant impact, you know, financially, um, you know, salary wise to, to hop in and do this full time, but like I've got it structured to where like, I'm okay to pay the bills. So I'm not worried about stressing over the bills. Um, you know, but it's going to allow me the freedom to pour everything into this to, to really grow it. Um, part of it too, is a little bit of imposter syndrome that I'm having to overcome. Um, and, and that's something that I think I've always struggled with. I think a lot of entrepreneurs struggle with is like, well, why, why me? Right. Like, like we talked about before is like, how am I qualified to be doing this? <laughs> right. Um, but like, nobody's going to give you permission and you've just got to do the work that, that you are the type of person that you say you want to become and do the work consistently. And then you'll, you'll see the results. So I'm, I'm confident that we'll get there. Um, I'm super excited about jumping in full time. I think it's going to be weird because I'm going to own my schedule hundred percent. So I'm kind of working through that of like, what's the best way to be most efficient and have already kind of laid out our 24 strategic plan. Um, because there are, there are literally a billion things I could be doing like at any given time. Right. But like, I'm trying to really focus my effort on like, where's the biggest leverage piece and like what strategically should I be working on? How do you think about, uh, other ideas that you have either, either that fall within one of those three pillars within this business or fall outside of it. Um, how do you think about growth now that, now that you're, like you said, you own it, you own your schedule, it's you full time. Like this is what you're doing. It's very easy to get distracted by, by, you know, daydreams and fantasies. And I don't mean that even in like the, the, like the bad way, like that, that, those could be like good things. Oh, like, well, well, when I'm at this stage, I'll be able to do this and that will really help this community. And well, that can drive this product and the apparel. Can, like how, how do you manage and corral your ideas into ones that are actionable right now? Ones that are actionable on the midterm, ones that are actionable on the long term. Like how do you, how do you kind of integrate or, or balance those things? Yeah. I mean, it's a work in progress. I'm not perfect at it, you know? Um, so I've been just as guilty as the next guy of like chasing a shiny opportunity, you know? Um, that's something I worked through through a lot, but it, it's funny you mentioned this. I was I was on the treadmill this morning, like finished my workout, was was just walking for a few minutes, and uh, listened to a podcast from Alex Formosi. Uh, it's one of his latest ones he dropped, and it, like I said, it's funny you mentioned this topic because that was that was the topic was like focusing in on one thing, and like he gave the example of like a buddy called him um, that had a roofing business and wanted to scale, and he was like, "That's great, man. That's awesome." And then the buddy was like, "Well." We also do a little bit of general contractor work too, you know? And then he was like, okay, cool, cool, you know? And he was like, and then, well, we kind of do flipping as well. Like we, we, you know, we do, we fix the house, we fix the roof, then we flip it, you know? And, uh, and he was like, he was like, well, why are you doing all three? He's like, well, I just feel like I'm leaving money on the table, you know? Um, and I think a lot of people think that because there are so many ways out there that you can potentially drive revenue for the business. But I think you have to be diligent enough and disciplined enough to choose one. Right, because unless you have your focus on one thing, it's not going to grow to the capacity that it potentially could. So that that's been like the big decision point for me on actually going full time. Um, was you know I've got to focus over here on you know my corporate career. I've got to focus for my family. I've got to focus for National Guard. I've got to focus for doing baseball coaching. I've got to focus for this right. And so it's like, how do we tie that down so I can dedicate a lot of my focus just to growing one thing? Um, and then how do I go through the process? Uh, you know, like I said, it, it's it's not perfect by any stretch of the imagination. Um, but I'll just go through, like I said, we, we've been doing our 2024 planning right now. 
And so I'll just look at, hey, what are the big rocks, right, that I need to focus my time and attention on and what's actually going to drive revenue and what's actually going to drive impact. So, um, you know, caught myself today. I spent like 20 minutes designing this stupid little like hat patch, right? And like, it looks cool, but I'm like, what am I doing, man? Like, I need to be, you know, focused on this. And so once you decide what the priority is, what has helped me significantly is this right here is just a little timer. So I use the... um, I forget the, the name of the principle, but I basically set a timer for 30 minutes, man. And I, I turn off my notifications, turn off email and just focus strictly on the task. And then once that timer's up, cool, I'll take a break, you know? So that, that kind of helps me stay focused in the, in the micro. What, um, what do you feel like you struggle with the most as, as an entrepreneur? Hmm. That's a great question, man. Um, I would say probably exactly what we're talking about right now, you know, is, is trying to pare it down to what's actually going to move the needle and like where my attention could be focused on. Because as entrepreneurs, we, we can do a billion different things that, that is probably going to impact the business, but it takes a lot of work and a lot of discipline to keep yourself focused on the most strategic things, if that makes sense. Yeah. Uh, what do you think you're the best at? Uh, probably like creative. So I'm, I'm, I'm very, you know, in that space and, and you know, kind of a creative brain. So, um, I love coming up with products, love coming up with branding, packaging, design, kind of all the creative stuff, right. Is, is one thing. And then I would say I'm really good at ultimately like crafting the vision. Um, and then to what we were talking about before is, is crafting the vision and kind of putting a framework together on like, this is what we want to go after and tackle. Um, not that I'm the best on executing on that, Right. That's that's a different story, but I'm very good at crafting that like for for the company. I love it. Um, all right. So what what what's on the horizon for this year? So you've got uh, another product dropping this month, um, potentially around the time of this airing, I guess I can. I can yeah, it depends on when inventory lands. <laughs> I, I, know, I know the guy who schedules all the all the drops, yeah. <laughs> drops. I can talk to him and see if we can see if we can move things around a little bit for you. But yeah, so you've got the you've got the the. Um, the uh, bone broth protein coming out. Can you talk a little bit about that and kind of kind of what it is, what what differentiates it from <clears throat> yeah. the market? Um, and then what, what what what's the plan for the rest of the year? What do you got coming up? For sure. Um. So yeah, bone broth protein. So again, all, all of our formulations are specifically for for dads, right? So they're probably going to be at least thirty. You know, um, starting to age a little bit, and like we have a pre workout. You know, the the natural kind of assortment expansion is is a post workout. And so I mean, we pulled our audience numerous, numerous times of like, hey, what should we come out with next? What should we come out with next, right? And like everybody's like, you need a, a post-workout protein. And we're like, cool. Um, but we didn't want to just be another way. Um, the, the marketplace is extremely crowded for whey protein. It's kind of just like a me too product. It's, it's honestly pretty much all the same. Um, and when you look at a whey protein, there's just a lot of different, more suitable, better options for guys that are in their 30s and 40s. Um, and one of those options is, is a beef protein. Um, so some of the benefits behind it is it's got collagen peptides. It is extremely low in uh, fats, extremely low in carbs, low in calories. Um, and the collagen peptides is really the, the, the big thing, right? Is, hey, once we're in our 30s and 40s, like our joints start breaking down, our ligaments start to get weak. And so that is going to help boost, uh, you know, boost flexibility, boost growth with those. And so if you're like me and your knees crack every time you do a back squat, like it's going to help with that. Um, so that's one. 
And then additionally, um, what kind of sets us apart from the traditional way is there, there's basic, there's a lot of different types, but the base, the main two types of whey protein is going to be your whey concentrate and then a whey isolate. There's some blends in there, but uh, those are the two main forms. And so with a whey concentrate, it's only about 60% of the actual uh, formulation is, is, um, is going to be protein. Um, so, you know, it may say, Hey, one scoop is 26 servings or whatever. Right. Um, or one, one scoop is 21 grams of protein. Only 60% of that is actually going to be like protein, right. Um, that you can synthesize in your body. Um, with a way isolate, typically it's around 80%. Um, with our beef bone broth, it's 97%. So out of the 21 grams of protein, you know, you're going to be able to synthesize 97% of that protein. So the, the amount of results you get, the effectiveness you get from it, it's just that much better. Um, so that's what we're going for with. We, like I said, we're launching as soon as we get inventory, we'll, we'll launch it. Um, and then we've got a number of products on deck uh, for Q1 and Q2. Um, I, won't, I won't drop those, but I will just say that they're, they're all specifically targeted towards pain points that dads have. Um, and so it could be, you know, Hey, I'm a dad. I don't sleep great. That might, you know, maybe right. A little hint there. Um, you know, it could be, Hey, it's really hard for me because I'm super busy. I don't want to take 15 different vitamins, you know, another hint there. Um, but, uh, but, but everything we come out with is specifically geared towards a, a pain point that a dad has. Awesome. What's the, uh, what is the, the beef protein powder? It's powder, right? Powder. Yep. What's it going to taste like? So it, it's, uh, we came out with chocolate flavor, uh, to start out with. So we'll, we'll have some more flavors coming out. Um, we tested a couple of them and honestly it, it's a little bit harder to, to mask and make it taste good. Um, and so choc- chocolate tastes great though. It's a little bit different consistency than like what you might be used to with a whey. So if you put it in a blender and like actually blend it up, it, it gets like super frothy as well, which is like really nice, man. It's like a nice frothy, you know, yeah. mustache. Um, but the consistency is a little bit different. The taste is a little bit different. Texture is a little bit different. Um, but you know, once you have your first sip, it, 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 it's awesome to change your life. Um, so we're coming out with chocolate. I want to have like a peanut butter option too. Cause that's like my favorite protein shake in the world. Um, but yeah, chocolate to start out with. Awesome. Well, yeah, I've been using the pre and I, and I love it and uh, excited to try to try post and, and whatever else we've got coming down the line. Um, where, so before we get to the, the open-ended question to end the episode, where can, uh, where can folks find you? Where do you want folks to find you? Where do you want to drive traffic for us to link out in the show notes and all that good stuff? Yeah. Best spot is on Instagram. So just at the Epic Dad Co on Instagram, that's kind of our main hub. Um, we're, we're on all the platforms. We're on, Facebook, on Twitter, on TikTok, on everything, but but really Instagram is where we have most of the conversations. Um, so if you shoot me a DM, you know I, I try to answer every single one, um, and it, it's me, right? So it's gonna be me reaching back out to you and, and love to hear from from folks. Um, it, is the best spot. That's what I love about the stage that we're all at. I was, I was interacting with an account the other day. There's somebody that I want to get on the show. And uh, I had sent to like the person who's the CEO of the company on LinkedIn and then directly to them using their name and everything. And then on Instagram, I was like, Hey, can I get, you know, this person's email address? So the guy was like, it's me, homie. It's me. And I was yeah. like, look at us running our own socials. Here we go. We, you know, we've, got these, we've got these brand names, but it's just us. Uh, I love it. We'll link all that stuff out and and tag and, and collaborate on posts and all that good stuff. Um, Cool. So to end, uh, we're keeping it going another year. To end each episode, I ask uh, an open-ended question. What's on your heart? What's on your mind for our community? Could be a, a piece of advice, 
something you want to get off your chest, something you want to reiterate from what we've talked about here for the past hour. But, but Drew, what's on your mind? What's on your heart? Yeah. So I think, uh, what's on my mind on my heart is really the transition from, you know, uh, really talking to active duty here. Um, you know, a, a army or military career into the, the private sector, uh, is very tough for a lot of guys. And like it was myself included. Um, and, uh, yeah, just kind of tell, tell you my story, right. Was, was what really prompted me to start the Epic dad company was that like lack of purpose, lack of direction, um, you know, lack of fulfillment, lack of meaning. And then all of a sudden I have my first kid and it's like all that changes and like, I've got a new purpose. So, um, you know, for guys like that are struggling in the veteran community, you know, you, you have to go find a new purpose, um, and not tie your identity, uh, to being a service member. And so, like I said, I've struggled with this. Uh, I was right there too in that transition. Um, but what has helped me with, with that is like, I, I realized I needed to tie my identity not to like what I did, but like ultimately who I am. Right. And so the army active duty, like I'm still serving, but like the army active duty was something I did. It's not who I am. Right. And that's just something that I did. And so, you know, going through the work of really like setting a solid foundation of this is who I am. This is my identity. This is what I value. Um, you know, who I am as a person has just been extremely beneficial to me because now I know that like, whatever it is that I'm working on, it might be a corporate job. It might be a business. Uh, it might be serving the national guard. It's like, that's just something that I'm doing, right? That's not ultimately who I am. So I think you, you've got to do the work to find out who you actually are and what you value. That's going to drive purpose outside of a, a former military career. It's a great answer. I'm, I'm glad you gave it. That's going to be a theme of, of this year of 2024 for, for me and a lot of the content that I'm going to put out and a lot of the ways I kind of conduct some of these, some of these interviews, because not kind of the way I conduct these interviews, uh, because we, the whole person concept, the whole man concept is one that we really need to start understanding as a community a lot better. Uh, because when you transition out of the military, all of you transitions out of the military mm -hmm. and you, you are the, the various, um, aspects of your life are compartmentalized and in the military, it's all one thing. Mm -hmm. right? Yeah. Like, everything's on base. Everything is there. It's, it is, you know, air force, uh, core value, uh, service before self. And like that, that, that transcends the branches. Like everything is the most important thing is the job. It has to be right. If you're in the military, it, you have to give priority to work because mm -hmm. that is what you signed up to do. Your whole self signed up to it, to do that. And if you're married, your spouse signed up for that with you and they know what they're getting into. When you get out of the military, all those different aspects of your life, you're now, you're now responsible for figuring out everything from the practical to, you know, medical and dental and, and 401k and, and rent and mortgage and all these different things. Um, also to the, to, to the more kind of, uh, you know, esoteric for lack of a better word, like there's your professional life, but then there's your personal life. There's the relationships that you have. There's your spiritual life. There's the, the way that you manage or don't manage your emotions. Those are all kind of like different things that are floating around inside this head and heart. And you have to figure out how to recompartmentalize those for yourself in a way that's effective outside of an environment that you were just in. And you may feel emotionally, relationally, professionally attached to that environment. And that's okay. But you have to understand that you are no longer in that environment. And that environment is no longer driving your life. It is now a part of your life. It's in one of those compartments. 
Um, it's a really, really hard thing to do. Everybody does it differently. When I got out, I let go of it. Now I didn't trash the military, but I just, when I got out, I was like, it was like, I wasn't even in. Uh, and then now as I've, as I've kind of really started to see how much it shaped me prof professionally, personally, emotionally, relationally, all those things. I'm like, Oh, okay. I can kind of start to put some of those pieces back into place or put them in different places and, 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 and figure out how to move forward in an integrated way. So, yeah. And I think too, what, what helps drive like purpose is action. Right. And so, um, I, you know, I still have, I still am in touch with a lot of guys from, from active duty. Right. And, and I'm not going to name any names, but like some of them, like the only thing they talk about whenever we, we chit chat is like the old days and, you know, uh, remember this one time on deployment and remember this one time on base and you know, blah, blah, blah. And like, dude, it's great, man. Those are, that was a it was great experiences. It was right. And great memories, but like, you need to go out and do something, right? Like that's not who you are anymore. Like you, you have to craft a new direction and go take action on it. And like that, the purpose and the identity starts to come, you know, as a result of taking action on something. Yeah. That's exactly right. Drew, appreciate your time. Appreciate what you do. Appreciate how you do it. Uh, I know this won't be the last time that we chat. Um, and definitely won't be the last time we, well, definitely won't be the last time we chat. I'm sure it won't be the last time we chat and record it. Um, so uh, until next time, brother. Absolutely, brother. Thanks, Gary. All right, we'll see you.